welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And we uh, we're continuing with the the self isolation kind of episodes. We're we're just coming at you with just stuff that we think is just basically stuff to keep us entertained as much <laughs> as, as much as you guys. Because um, I don't know about y'all, I'm getting a little stir crazy. Um, I tweeted this, but I don't know if I told you, Michelle, yesterday. <laughs> While I was waiting for my coffee to brew, I was looking out over my apartment and idly wondering, do I have enough room to do a cartwheel in here? <laughs> um, I didn't do one. I did some handstands in a front roll, but <laughs> that's that, that's where things are right now. So, um, and we thought like last time we um, we did we did an episode recommending like TV shows and like movies, like things that you can binge watch and. This time we wanted to recommend some books because I mean, I think we've all got a little bit of free time on our hands now. And like, amazingly to me, I was actually, I read like three books in a week and it's something I've not been able to do in God knows how long. So, um, but yeah, we thought we would, we would recommend some, we're going to break the, we're going to do a few of these and kind of break them up by genre. Um, Mm -hmm. But, and first we're going to start with um, mystery books. So, um, and we said, Michelle, you're going to go first because you, I, full disclosure, I, <laughs> I am, I am a great lover of, of all mystery books. And like, I, I love a good mystery and I have watched many a terrible show <laughs> because I got hooked because there was a mystery. I'm looking at you <laughs> pretty little liars. Um, <laughs> Is that we just kind of wanted to, you know, to give you guys some book recommendations and we're going to start well, off with, helps. with mysteries. Yeah. It helps. We were both English majors in college. So yes. we're both like, we've both been inundated with reading. I've been a reader all my life. Like, Same like here. from yeah. a, a young kid, that's, that was something that I loved to do that my dad is, and this is like something that's interesting to me. My dad is dyslexic and my sister has a little bit of that. Not, mm-hmm. not that she's ever been like officially diagnosed or whatever, but when she was a kid, she would make her bees backwards. What? I said she has dyslexic tendencies. Yeah. Like she would make her bees backwards as a kid and, and stuff like that. I'm really bad with my left and my right. I don't know if that's dyslexia or just me, Uh, (laughs) but because of that, my dad to this day doesn't get that reading can be a hobby. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a whole conversation we've had because my mom is a big reader. Uh, My mom has tons of books and she's where oh, I get yeah. my love of reading from. Uh, in fact, one of the books on my mystery list, she and I both read when I was probably about 16. Mm-hmm. And we fell in love with, with this whole series. But like this book was like, it, it was like Criminal Minds to us in some ways. Oh, <laughs> Sounds weird. oh, I get it. No, I get it. But but it was, but yeah, it was just like, and that's where I get my love of all that kind of stuff is from my mom. Yeah. Whereas my dad is like, you heard me talk about my sci-fi shows and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. more of my dad's cup of tea mom yeah. doesn't like fantasy and sci-fi yeah mom loves mom loves a good mystery uh, a good <laughs> a, a good romance mystery my mom is there um the the hallmark channel the hallmark movies and mysteries does like you know mm-hmm. the mystery of my, my mom is there like that is she <laughs> loves a, a mystery your, your like, mom and my just, grandma would get along oh i'm like procedural shows like I've, I've said before that is that is one of her bread and butter things oh yeah it's it's my like, too yeah, and so so I grew up on that with her in a funny way. So it's like, yeah, it's getting to talk about stuff I love with my mom, which is kind of fun. But yeah. so mysteries is what um, we're going to start with, right? 
Yes, we're going to start with mysteries. So, um, you go ahead, um, like like we were saying, you didn't have as many mystery books, so well, I overcompensated and have a lot of mystery books. So, well, and, and my husband actually just right before you you called, uh, or before we started the call, my my husband because I was going through it and I was like, man, I just can't think of any more to add, and and my reason comes down to I I love a good like fantasy or or sci fi or whatever. And I, if it has mystery in it, I'm fine with that. It's great. But it's a, he, he said mystery fans are snobs, but I'm not going to say it that way. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's harder to say, well, it's harder to like, you know what I'm talking about? Like a lot of people, like, I want a mystery. I want, you know, my, oh. my Dean Koontz, my, you know, oh my, my God, uh, John Grisham. <laughs> it's the first thing that popped in my head. Oh sorry. my God. I haven't thought about Dean Koontz in years. But you know, I want my John Grisham. I want my straight mystery that doesn't involve oh. anything supernatural oh, or anything no, 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 like no. that i i don't care i just want any kind of mystery yeah and but but so for me my i tend to classify them in my head straight mystery is straight mystery anything else is like sci-fi or fantasy or or whatever so in my head mm-hmm. like i have a ton of other books i'm sure but yeah i <laughs> that's not the way my head classifies them yeah, I I did kind of stick with um with quote unquote like straight mysteries, but that's mainly just because um I have an entire shelf of them. So, yeah. but yeah, that's um, that's just me. So the first one that I wrote down, uh, I actually have a shelf, a half a shelf of P.D. James novels, and oh, rather than I trying to, well, rather than trying to pick like, you know, like I could do a list of those. But but I just chose one. Yeah. <laughs> and I chose Death Comes to Pemberley because that's the first one that got me really to read P.D. James. Because I'm God. an Austinite, as you will find out on other lists. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of, of Jane Austen novels. And Death Comes to Pemberley is an Austin fanfic, basically. Yes, yes it is. And... Which there's a whole genre of those that are really interesting to me. Yeah. Um. But the the quick synopsis from Goodreads, <laughs> uh, it's 1803, six years since Elizabeth and Darcy embarked on their life together at Pemberley, Darcy's magnificent estate. Their peaceful, orderly world seems almost unassailable. Elizabeth has found her footing. They have two fine sons, Fitzwilliam and Charles. Elizabeth's sister, Jane, and her husband, Bingley, live nearby. Her father visits often. There's optimistic talk about the prospects of marriage for Georgiana, and preparations are underway for their much-anticipated annual autumn ball. Then on the eve of the ball, the patrician ideal is shattered. A coach careens up the drive, carrying Lydia, Elizabeth's disgraced sister, with her husband Wickham, uh, who has been banned from Pemberley. She stumbles out of the carriage, hysterical, shrieking that Wickham has been murdered. With shocking suddenness, Pemberley is plunged into a frightening mystery. Which, honestly, the words Wickham is murdered makes me want to read it even, (laughs) like, maybe it was probably what drug me into it. I, I can see that, yeah. Because like I I hate Wickham. Like if you had to pick a Austin yeah. villain that I hate the most, Wickham is pretty high on that list. Yeah. Um. But yes, yeah, so, and like that one's really good. It's been a while since I've read it, but I I really enjoy the melding of mystery and and yeah. uh, and Austin because like I, a, I mean a Regency mystery. Yes, give me, give me, give me. Yeah. Um. I I would throw out there. Also, if um, if you like mysteries, but Jane Austen isn't your thing, P.D. James has mm-hmm. so many 
mystery mm-hmm. novels she has she created her own like london detective adam dalgleish and mm-hmm. you can you can kind of read them because uh, like it, it was hard for me to find like the early ones and i was not aware that it was part of that that they were part of a series like i just picked yeah. one up and read it and there were a couple of things that i was like that they made vague allusions to but i was able to kind of figure it out through context clues and so you know it's not like you have to start at book one and read to book like 74 or however many there are. There's a ridiculous amount. Uh, there are. But, yeah. Yes. Uh, but, but you can get away through context clues because I haven't read yes. them in order, but yeah. Yeah. The, um, but her, her Adam Dalgleish novels are, are really good too. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of those too. And yeah. for, um, for those of you who like, um, cause she has, oh my gosh, she has another, another detective who I cannot remember what her name is uh, <laughs> but if you but if you like um uh but if if you if you're fans of audible um i've downloaded it i haven't listened to it yet there is an audible uh like cast dramatizations of several of her novels there's some of like adam delgleish and and then this other like female detective um like Hugh Grant <laughs> is involved in one of these. I mean, it's it's like all kinds of like great British actors, but um, but yeah, if if like I said, if 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 you're Audible fans, you you might check that out. Um, just just to let you know. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to just completely oh, no. st- steamroll over you. Oh, hun, you've probably read more P.D. James than I have. I have a lot, and I've read most of them. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm really bad about buying a book and then it just sits on my shelf like i have oh, shelf of things to read this, that... this is why you and i are friends like we go to well, the bookstore in rogers and we both come they're... out with like an armful mm-hmm. of books that we well, then you don't have read. you have the endless bookstore down there where you live and then i have what's called the friendly yes. bookstore which is the library uh li- library secondhand store up here and man i could and they'll sell you a mystery for a quarter like come on yeah. how can you not be on board with that i I also want to state when Michelle says the endless bookstore where I live, <laughs> she she and I went to this bookstore twice. Like once we mm-hmm. we stepped in there because we were killing time before uh, a show we were going to see was about to start at the theater, mm-hmm. and we wandered around for a while. Um, ne- never found a wall. Like never found could, the back wall for we sure. Ne- we never found the back wall. It took us a second visit some weeks later. And then, like, a good, like, 90 minutes to two hours of wandering around before we finally found the mm-hmm. back wall of the store. And they have since put in a separate, they've put in another room. They've yeah, added Yeah, they were on. building it when we were there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. last time. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, insane. it's huge. And it is I my joke favorite it's the place TARDIS. in the world. It's the TARDIS yeah. of bookstores, is my it joke. It absolutely is. Um, but yeah, so my, my second book actually falls under classics as well. But I had too many classics, so sue me. Uh, and it's Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. One of the uh, greatest books of all time. Last night I dreamed I went to Manderley again. I mean, mm-hmm. Iconic opening sentence. Yes. Uh, and like the novel starts off in Monte Carlo, where the heroine is swept off her feet by Maxim de Winter and his sudden proposal of marriage. Um, she can hardly believe her luck. She's a lady's maid and and everything the the movie is also phenomenal the old the older classic oh, movie yeah the, the so hitchcock good with, with the hitchcock movie is yeah so good yeah it, um, it changes it a little bit mainly just i, because I believe of so the, yeah the, but the and 
Yeah, they they basically yeah. could come out and say that yes, he like outright murdered her uh, for yeah. specific so, reasons. So they had to yeah. be alluded to. Alluded to. I think they may even change it to where he didn't. Yeah, I think they make it seem like it was it was like an act like he went to kill her, but like or but like, she'd like basically it was like he went to strangle her, but she fell down the stairs, kind of thing. Like that's something to that effect, yeah. Yeah. Spoilers for the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> but um but it's the mystery is what happened to the former lady de winter yes and and there's a lingering evil that threatens to destroy their marriage from beyond the grave it's also wild to me that the narrator of this book does not have a name she doesn't have a first no name. she doesn't she's it's, just the heroine of the book yeah it's amazing and i love it yeah um now my third one i have a couple of caveats when i talk about it <laughs> uh, my third one is a christian novel actually um uh-huh. it's called danger in the shadows it's by d henderson uh, okay. it's the prequel to a series called the o'malley's mm-hmm. um the oh, o'malley series okay. the o'malley series is way heavy-handed in uh in in stuff and I, so i tended not to put those on there because they're a little too heavy-handed for me uh, yeah, i enjoy I that there's mystery in them and stuff but they're really heavy-handed danger in the shadows which is the, the prequel is not mm-hmm. uh, it's about a woman named sarah and I'm not actually going to use the IMDb synopsis, or not IMDb, the Goodreads synopsis, <laughs> Goodreads synopsis. Uh, because it doesn't, for me, it's not enough. Uh, but uh, it's about this woman named Sarah, who, when she was a child, was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has spent, her, she and her twin sister, when they were like seven, was kidnapped. Uh, her sister died in front of her. Uh, they, I believe she died of dehydration. Like they, they were down Ooh. in this hole so long. Woof. And yeah. And so she, her sister died and she lived, but she still gets letters from the killer. Yeah. From the kidnapper. Like, le- like on her birthday or something like that, she gets like, <laughs> like a ribbon or, you know, stuff like that. Her, her <laughs> brother. Mind shit. Right. Um, and she, um, because of this, she's in like her late twenties by when the book starts, late twenties, early thirties. And she mm-hmm. was abducted at like seven. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, I'm trying to remember this part because it's been a little while since I've read the book, but she was like the British ambassador's kid or Mm. the other way around, like the American ambassador to Britain's kid, something like that. Yeah. So her brother joined the FBI and is her literally takes care of her. Like that's his job is he, she's in witness protection Mm -hmm. uh, to keep her safe, obviously from this, this horrible thing that happened to her. Yeah. And she she's such an interesting character sarah is because there's a dichotomy to her because she writes children's books and illustrates like these beautiful children's books and then she writes like full-on serial killer novels nice under and both under different pen names so that no one can trace it to her of course kind of thing and she meets this man named adam black who is a former pro football player he's fairly in the spotlight but they're falling for each other and it makes her have to face her demons in a way because she wants to be with him and he's willing to step back. Let me be really clear. He's not trying to force that on her. He's a hundred percent willing to step back and not like to stay out of the limelight, but it's really hard to do that when you were a famous football player. Oh yeah. Um, And so like her brother doesn't approve because well, it, it completely ruins her security, but she winds up like facing up to what happened in a way she's never done. And like, 
each it turns out like each of the novels she's written has uncovered a different aspect of the killer that they didn't even realize she was doing that subconsciously and and like it it was one of the ones that left me like (laughs) anxious to read the whole thing yeah because it was kind of a criminal minds episode yeah yeah um so yeah those are my three that i came up with Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's probably more but those are the three that i just like when i thought of them they were the first three that i kind of was like okay i know these three belong on my list and then after that i went uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. where's me i i was like oh this one and then this oh man oh i gotta cut these oh god um yeah so mine <laughs> a lot of the 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 ones that i'm going to recommend they're actually part of a series um uh a couple of them though are they're a little i mean yeah like they're a series like okay i'm just gonna explain it um the first one that i'm gonna recommend it might be the like the most well known of um of the mysteries that i'm gonna recommend right now and it's the uh the dublin murder squad series by tana french um the first book in the woods what like at the time of its release was described as part whodunit and part psychological thriller and it was recently turned into a series on stars um i think it's stars stars showtime it's one of the premium like cable channels one um those things you got to pay money for <laughs> yes um i have yet to see the show but i love this series so much and and it's because it's a series because it's all you know each one of these each one of these stories takes place as a part you know it's some detective working with or for the dublin murder squad but each book has each book is told in first person and each book has a different narrator um but it's a little bit of like a um kind of a domino effect because the the first book is uh it's told from the perspective of a man named of a detective named rob and 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 it's good and it got me it got me into the series and i i thoroughly enjoyed it um but it's not my favorite because as i said these are all told from first person perspective and they each with each changing narrator like it's each one is a unique story you know in that because like book one starts with rob and then like rob and his partner cassie then book two rob and cassie aren't working together anymore book two is from cassie's perspective and she used to work um in undercover and there's a murder victim and she looks uncannily like the murder victim so she gets basically sent in undercover to suss out who murdered this woman um cassie's uh basically like her boss um on that case is a man named frank book three is from frank's perspective and like he basically uncovers a murder back in his hometown and and then you get the next book is from the perspective of the of the detective who worked on the murder in frank's hometown and 
it's, you know, each, it's just kind of like a domino and each one builds and, you know, you're never like coming into a book going like, wait, who's this character? Like you've been introduced to them before and, um, you can, you can, you know, they're, they're stand, you know, they're obviously part of a series, but you can read them as standalone books. Um, like my, my favorite ones of the series is the likeness and faithful place which that's the one about Cassie and then the one about Frank. Um, and then there's another novel later on, it's called the secret place. And it's, um, it's actually Frank's daughter. Um, it's, uh, a murder that's happened at her school. And, um, and so that one is actually told in a couple of different perspectives. Cause you've got his daughter, Holly, and like her and like flashbacks to when the murder happened. But then it's also told from the perspective of Steven, who is the detective on the case. It's, it all just like fascinates me. And, and it's, it feels kind of rare to have murder mysteries told from the first person perspective. Um, other than maybe like Rebecca, which we had talked about a minute ago. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy these books. Like anything Tana French puts out, I, I immediately like have to have it. I, I have to read it. Um, another series is the, it's the Lacey Flint, uh, detective series of novels by Sharon Bolton. She also goes by SJ Bolton. Um, and that series begins with the novel. Now you see me. Uh, this series was recommended to me by um, an internet friend of mine named Kate, who's also a librarian. Um, and she recommended this book to me and I was just immediately hooked from the start um, taking from Goodreads uh, because Goodreads it's IMDb for books um, from Goodreads, kind of the, the synopsis of it. Uh, one night Lacey Flint, a young detective constable stumbles onto a woman brutally stabbed just moments before in the building's darkened parking lot. Within 24 hours, a reporter receives an anonymous letter that points out alarming similarities between the murder and the Jack the Ripper's first murder, a letter that calls out Lacey by name. If it's real and they have a killer bent on recreating London's bloody past, history shows they have just five days until the next attempt. No one believes the connections are anything more than a sadistic killer's game, not even Lacey, whom the killer seems to be taunting specifically. However, as they investigate the details of the case, it starts reminding her more and more of a part of her past she'd rather keep hidden. And the only way to do that is to catch the killer herself. Um, there are four Lacey Flint books. There's Now You See Me, Dead Scared, Lost, and A Dark and Twisted Tide. They are all great, but Dead Scared is probably my favorite. Holy fuck, it's so good. Um... <laughs> Um, another one, uh, for my list is I'm going, going a little more like classic murder mystery, uh, death in a white tie by Nio Marsh. Uh, Nio Marsh was kind of a contemporary of Agatha Christie. She was from New Zealand. Um, but I, I, I'd never heard of her, um, until I stumbled upon, um, some abridged audiobook versions of a few of her novels, um, and these abridged versions were read by Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, and so I, uh, you know, of course I'm like, they, I like they were, somebody had them, like it was like a link on Tumblr or something like that. I don't know. I downloaded it. I listened to it. I fucking loved it. Um, so I went and I, I looked for the others and 
it wasn't until a couple of listens and after a couple of listens, I picked up on a couple of things. They're like, Oh wait, that doesn't sound right. And that was when I finally realized, Oh, there are abridged versions that that makes a difference. And it's kind of hard to abridge a mystery novel. Um, It definitely changes things. Yes. But I, I went back and I, um, I got the books. Strangely, some of her stuff is kind of hard to find. I mean, you can get it all on like Kindle now, um, but it's harder to like find physical copies of her books. Um, but she, like she, you know, you've probably never heard of her, but like she is just as good, if maybe not better than Agatha Christie. Um, Ooh, fighting words. Yeah, it is. And that's really hard for me to say because, <laughs> and, because I think, and then there were none is one of the greatest books ever written. Um, but um, just to give you a brief synopsis of uh, Death in a White Tie, um, Lady, it, I mean, it's, it is straight up like classic, you know, uh, like murder mystery in a mansion, you know, like straight up classic mystery stuff. Um, the synopsis is Lady Carados's glittering gala was the pinnacle of the season, but then death crashed the party and spoiled the fun, particularly when Lord Gospel was found savagely stabbed. Chief Inspector Alline steps out in high society to discover the unkindest cut of all. Um, and it's part of, um, I mentioned Inspector Allen. Um, she, like Agatha Christie, created her own inspector, Inspector Roderick Alline. Um, and it's kind of like Agatha Christie's Miss Marple or Hercule Poirot books. You don't have to read them in any order because they aren't really like sequels. Um, and if if there is something that you need to know from a previous book, it 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 will explain it to you. It's like a sitcom. You know, like in a lot of ways, mystery series are like sitcoms, like especially the old ones. They'll kind of like, okay, here's what you missed last time. Like, oh, and give a brief explainer. Um, so for my fourth one, now having mentioned Agatha Christie, um, I absolutely have to include her on the list uh, because as I said, and then there were none. <laughs> it's my go-to Agatha Christie. It is my absolute I- favorite I did almost put that on there. And then I went, no, 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 no. I can't touch Agatha Christie. That's Kia's. Um, it's, it's absolutely my favorite. And if, if you can get a hold of it, uh, I think it was the BBC sounds like BBC or ITV British, British television network. They did like a several episodes long mini series with like Charles dance and Aiden Turner Burn Gorman is in it. Um, and like, there are so many people, uh, like, uh, Miranda Richardson, um, Anna Maxwell Martin, so many great people in this miniseries. And I, I have watched because there, there were some movies made of, and then there were none and they are terrible. Um, <laughs> and this series, it's just, mwah, it is so fucking good. Um, but, and then there were none is not the book I'm recommending. Cause I'm like, of course, everybody's fucking heard of that one. Um, I'm recommending um, the secret adversary, which is the first of her Tommy and Tuppence novels. Um, Tommy and Tuppence are, they're kind of hidden deep in the shadows of Poirot and Miss Marple, but they are just utterly delightful and I adore them. Um, 
uh, the synopsis for The Secret Adversary is Tommy Beresford and Prudence Tuppence Cowley are young, in love, and flat broke. Just after the Great War, there are few jobs available and the couple are desperately short of money. Restless for excitement, they decide to embark on a daring business scheme. Young Adventurers Limited, willing to do anything, go anywhere. Hiring themselves out proves to be a smart move for the couple. In their first assignment for the mysterious Mrs. Whittington, all Tumpets has Mr. Whittington, all Tumpets has to do in their first job is take an all-expense-paid trip to Paris and pose as an American named Jane Finn. But with the assignment comes a bribe to keep quiet, a threat to her life, and the disappearance of her new employer. But their newest now their newest job is playing detective. Um, it's just like I love Tommy and Tuppence. I really, really do. Um, there was recently a a, a British television series adaptation uh, with a few. Uh, I think there's really only a handful. I think like maybe like there's there's fewer than a dozen Tommy and Tuppence novels. I know that. Um, I, I want to say there's really only like six, I, but don't quote me on that. Um, but they recently turned, they adapted a few of the novels into, um, a series, uh, starring, uh, David Walliams and Jessica Rain, um, who you guys might know from David Walliams as part of Little Britain. He's on like all of the panel shows now. Um, and Jessica <laughs> Rain was on, uh, called the midwife as Jenny um the main character in the first few seasons before she left um uh but yeah they're i just i love tommy and tuppence they're adorable um the next one um is absolutely it is 100 percent popcorn fodder it's um literally this book is described as the breakfast club meets pretty little liars <laughs> um and it was something it was something that I just kind of stumbled upon in the Kindle store and I read the sample of it and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This, this is just popcorn. I need something mindless. Like this is great. Um, but it's called one of us is lying and it's by Karen M. McManus. And as I said, it's described as the breakfast club meets pretty little liars. One of us is lying is the story of what happens when five strangers walk into detention and only four walk out alive. Everyone is a suspect and everyone has something to hide. Um, he said, I, I downloaded it from the Kindle store just because it was on sale and it intrigued me. Um, but I was hooked. Um, and it's told in first person perspective from the different narrators as the story shifts, uh, between each of the four suspects, you've got the brain, the criminal, the athlete and the beauty. As I said, it's absolute popcorn fodder. You can like read it in an <laughs> afternoon. It, it is so enjoyable. <laughs> like it, it satisfies just that like like that junk food uh, kind of like itch in my soul. Um, and I'm gonna cheat a little bit and include another um, Sharon Bolton book. Um, and I say it's cheating because even though it's a standalone. Um, it's a standalone novel with a different set of characters and it's in a completely different location. It's part of the Lacey Flint universe uh, because the main character of this book, uh, uh, the book's called Blood Harvest, by the way. Um, uh, the main character of this book uh, plays a significant role in the Lacey Flint novel, Dead Scared. Um, but I'm, I probably love this 
this novel better than all of the other like Lacey Flint novels. And I, I love the Lacey Flint novels. Um, but the synopsis for Blood Harvest, uh, the Fletcher's new house built between two churches in a small village um, ought to be paradise, but they've barely settled in before they find that someone seems to be trying to drive them away with increasingly dangerous threats targeting their oldest child, 10-year-old Tom. The adults in his life try to help, but there are hints that something isn't quite right in the village, starting with the mysterious deaths of three toddlers over the last 10 years. It's not until Tom's younger siblings go missing that the village's secrets turns the family's dreams into nightmares. It is creepy. It is unsettling. And there's a few different mysteries in it to be unwound. And just, oh, I, I love it. Um, and now I have, I have saved the best for last. <laughs> and you had to know this was coming, Michelle, and anybody mm-hmm. who knows me. Uh, and that is Maureen Johnson's Truly Devious series. Um, after first hearing her as a guest on another podcast that I listened to, I followed Maureen Johnson to her own podcast, Says Who. Um, and on Says Who, she and her friend Dan Sinker, they discuss current events in their own wonderfully weird way. Um, the tagline of says who is it's not a podcast. It's a coping strategy and boy, howdy does it ever help me cope with like the dumpster fire that the world has become over the last several years. (laughs) Um, but after listening to the podcast for a while and hearing Maureen flog truly devious, the first book in the series, I checked it out from the library. I decided to give it a try and Holy geez. Oh man. Like I was hooked straight away. Um, and it tells, it tells the story of two separate, but still intertwined mysteries at Ellingham Academy, which is a private school in the Vermont mountains that was founded by Albert Ellingham, once the richest man in the world. In 1936, Ellingham's wife and daughter were kidnapped. And the only real clue was a mocking riddle listing methods of murder signed with the pseudonym truly devious. Um, in the vein of like the Lindbergh uh, kidnapping. It was one of the greatest crimes in American history in uh, then in the present day, Stevie bell, a true crime aficionado begins her first year at Ellingham with the singular goal of solving the Ellingham kidnapping. But then strange things begin to happen. Truly devious returns and death revisits Ellingham Academy. I have read and reread this series and listened to the audiobooks like more times than I can count, which is saying something for me because I don't often venture into YA into the YA genre. But I I love these books more than just about anything I've read in the last decade. I mean, I own them like I own physical copies signed by Maureen Johnson. I own them on Kindle and I own the audiobooks. Like I I have to be able to have them with me at all times anywhere I go. Um but they I mean they're they're a perfect like modern successor to the works of Agatha Christie and and you know and you know all these other kind of um mystery authors and and but they also have Maureen Johnson's delightfully odd and distinctive voice. Um, they've got, those books have gotten me through a lot the last few years. And I just, I really love them more than I can say. And I, I, I'm just, I could just gush about just how much I love Maureen Johnson. Like I want to be her when I grow up. Um, <laughs> she, 
I just, she's incredible. And, and these books are really enjoyable and they are, um, you know, several, like several of the books on my list are, um, or, you know, a couple of them, like the Lacey Flints and the, and like the stuff by Tana French, uh, you know, they're all set in, in a modern age, you know, because everybody has like cell phones and, you know, or pagers, you know, depending on like what's going on. Uh, but Maureen Johnson's books, like she, she literally has her character, her main character, Stevie Bell. Stevie listens to my favorite murder, which is like the most popular, like true crime slash comedy podcast. Um, she dedicated the second book in the series to uh like to the murderinos like the fans of my favorite murder um and like the the three books in the series by the way it's truly devious the vanishing stare and the hand on the wall and i know recently they were on sale uh or at least truly devious was on sale on kindle for pretty cheap you might be able to to still get it on sale but i i just i highly recommend these books they they are an enjoyable read they're they're a quick read and there there are so many characters that i love um i don't think i've told you this michelle and i still at some point i am just going to like one day come over and <laughs> hand you these three books um but they're, to be they're fair that's how someone got me to read the hunger games is they brought them over oh and yeah them down next to me that's and true. said you're reading these Ooh, so I, I might have to follow her lead um but i one i do think that you would enjoy these but two um there's a character um who there's a character named nate who in some ways kind of reminds me of your husband (laughs) there there are just certain things that i'm like that's a very josh thing to say and and, but yeah it's 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 full of delightful characters and i the books are so great and i I just, I love them a lot. They are definitely like my favorite of all the books that I've, I've listed on here, which as I said, is, is new for me because I don't often read a lot of, of, of the YA genre with a few exceptions, but, um, but anyway, I, I could ramble on about that for forever. So we should probably (laughs) stop or I will. So um, (laughs) just, uh, do you, um, did you have anything else to add or goodness? No, I'm all right. You are the aficionado in our mystery <laughs> corner here. Well, um, then that will get it for this episode of couch buddies. Um, we, uh, hope you hope me, you know, may, maybe you found something from this, you know, from these recommendations. Let us know if you pick up, pick up anything we recommended. If you like it, if you hate it, let us know what you're reading. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, especially if it's a good mystery, like definitely, like find me on Twitter. I I want to know what it is. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that'll get it. Um, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com. <laughs>